Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Crusher. I'm your host, Josh Brewster. And today, uh, I am very happy to meet a new friend, uh, Daniela Bloom. She's a psychotherapist and also a keynote speaker, uh, best-selling author, and she is known to me uh, because of her work with Jackson, which, of course, is the movement Jews exiting the Democratic Party. But uh, she brings a lot to the table. And uh, recently, a good friend of mine, he hears me uh, r- ranting all the time. And he said, you know, you need to check out Daniela Bloom. And uh, you sound a lot like her. So uh, I, am, uh, here, I am happy to welcome uh, a- a- an ally from what I know of her. I watched a speech she recently gave to Charlie Kirk's Turning Point Group. Uh, and I am very happy to welcome Daniela Bloom here today. How are you doing, Danielle? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's it's an honor to have you. And uh, so, look, well, the word I just used is Jexit. And I guess we'll get to that in a... Let's get to that in a minute. But the first thing at hand here is what's happening in our streets and in our universities. And we're ta- I'm talking, of course, about... Uh, you know, college students allying themselves with Hamas, uh, people in the streets you, you, protesting in favor of Hamas, and uh, the 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 basic success of the long march of the left, the hard left through the institutions, has borne fruit. A lot of people are shocked. I'm not shocked, Daniela, uh, but a lot of people are shocked. It does become shocking when you hear young people yelling "Kill the Jews." That's certainly interesting. Our universities have been mostly tepid in their responses to this, but uh, I will let you opine. What do you think about what's going on on our streets and in our universities right now? Yeah, as a, as a mother in Los Angeles, I never thought in my lifetime that um, I'd have to get into an argument with my mom who is telling me that she insists that I take my mezuzah down and that I not wear um, any sort of Israeli flags on my shirt or put a Jewish star in my car. Uh, we're in 2023, and these are the conversations we're having today because, unfortunately, we're forced to have them. Um, just in my community alone, there were several um, anti-Semitic incidences um, in homes. Um, there was a gentleman, um, Paul Kessler, who actually was murdered, and they finally did make an arrest today, although the last line of the article said, we haven't ruled out hate crime. Never mind that he was standing with an Israeli flag and the man he arrested was a Muslim professor who smashed him with a megaphone. Guess there's not enough evidence that it's a hate crime. Well, yeah, let me interrupt you there. Uh, If it was any other minority, the the first item would have been this is a hate crime. For sure. The and I, by the way, I won't be. Yeah. I won't be taking off my 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 high on. I won't be taking off my yeah. high. I won't yeah. be taking down any Israeli flags uh, or anything or any of this. Uh, but go ahead, please continue. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the double standards are insane, and we continue to see them. That when it comes to Jews and Jewish hate crime, even the word anti-Semitic has been hijacked because now everyone, I guess, is Semitic. So uh, we have to just. Call it what it is, is the rise of Jew hate crimes. The other word that has been weaponized to hide a lot of anti-Semitism is, I don't have a problem with Jews, I just have a problem with Zionists. 
So yeah. sorry, guys. Most all Jews today believe in Israel's right to exist. So we are really yeah. all mostly Zionists. So, well, not not only that, but I've always told people. Uh, first of all, the 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 hard left and uh, the radical Islamist world has poisoned the world Zion, word Zionist. I remember when I was nine years old, and there was the movement uh, at the UN. The UN declared Zionism racism. Uh, I've asked many people on the left over the years when they bring this up, this nonsense, this nonsensical distinction, uh, do you believe the state of Israel has the right to exist? And they usually say, of course I do. And I said, well, then you're a Zionist. That, that's all. That's all there is to it. If yeah. you either think the Jews have a right to be there or they don't, that's all Zionism is. It, it doesn't extend any further than that. Well, but they have. They have redefined it to mean colonizer. Yeah. So... That's that's part of the propaganda. That's part of the rebranding of the oppressed and the oppressor. Well, then you're talking about look. Then we're talking about a neo-Marxist point of view, and and uh, that's just that's clear. If you're going to talk about oppressors and oppressed, which is what they have succeeded in achieving, then you're talking about that. And I think that on on that note, uh, let's talk a little bit about that vis-a-vis -vis Jews exiting the Democratic Party, and and I'll. I'll put it to you this way. Um, you have an, an interesting way of looking at things. I read a quote from you. There are really two main parties today, the awake and the woke. And what it, it mirrors something I've been saying to everyone I come in contact with, it's probably pretty annoying, is uh, we have to draw a line between liberal and leftist. And people do not understand the leftist virus that has taken over the Democratic Party. And I would go a step further as saying that we have a, the, the main split in this country is not necessarily Republican and Democratic. It's Americanism versus leftism. I truly believe that, uh, in, in especially where we're living in Los Angeles, mainstream Democrats in Los Angeles are considered right-wing kooks. JFK Democrats are right wing kooks. So the way, so and I look and at a guy Musk like Joe Rogan. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I look at a guy like Bill Maher as maybe mm -hmm. he's the last liberal because he's the only liberal who gets up and says Zionism isn't a dirty word. Western civilization isn't a dirty word. So, but to me, that's the distinction: leftism versus liberalism. But you, please take it from there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's 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 true. It's like our country has been hijacked by a bunch of far left babies that the country is kowtowing <laughs> towards. And it really, you know, as a psychotherapist, I look for parallels between our current relationships and our and our nation and our world at large. And there's so much parallel, you know it's all your fault. If only you would change. And and there is a, a dysfunctional dance between an enabler um, and a people pleaser and a narcissist. And we've seen a lot of enabling um, to the, the narcissist, the narcissist of the, uh, of the woke, you know, um, I, please, you know, I, I don't want, I'm offended. I want to have a safe space. Um, I'm triggered. Um, and things can start out sounding pretty great and pretty liberal and pretty American, you know, equality, freedom, inclusivity, but there are must, much sinister agendas underneath it. Um, and before you know it, it's like that um, expression where you, you can't put a frog in hot water, 
but you can put the frog in water and heat it up and frog will still not leave even if it's boiling. And I think we've reached several boiling points and we're seeing that translate in the corporate world and Disney where wokeism is just going too far. I mean, we've raised a, now a generation who's completely anti-American and you, you cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, I saw a TikTok about, you know, they were saying that like, if we go into World War III, a lot of the youth would be drafted. Could you imagine this generation drafted? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I know. Yeah. You know? No, I know. What, li listen, um, uh, on that note, let's talk about, let's talk about Jews exiting the Democratic Party because this is something that concerns me. Um, you know, we're 22 years after 9-11. We are a month or so since a massacre, which, by the way, people forget very quickly. And uh, by the way, I, I suggest to the Israeli government, put the videos out for everybody to see, not just yeah, a bunch I've, of... Uh, I you, have you know. people sending, you know, I have people from the Palestinian side say, please send me the videos, because a lot of them now are saying, oh, it's AI, it didn't happen. Yeah, it's AI. Yeah, I didn't say he never saw it, so they've just, I'm, I, you know... It is infuriating and such gaslighting. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yes, 40 babies were killed. I'm so sorry. You're right. They might not have all been beheaded, you know, right. but I do think, unfortunately, we are in the times where people need to see things with their own eyes. And but, I know but wait a second, Daniela, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Even when uh, they, they do these autopsies and these things come are proven to be true and it's reported that these things are proven to be true. Yeah. They still don't want to. We're we're beyond truth, or so. I mean, yeah. I I think were we better off when we had three television channels? Because any everybody believes whatever narrow thing they've decided to believe now. For sure, we have um, so many cooks in the kitchen. We have social media. We have a lot of mistrust of our institutions and our media, and now we have AI. So I think the combination of that has put a lot of mistrust. Into everything. I mean, I was watching a soldier like giving a tour of the Al Shifa hospital saying these are the weapons that were found and this is evidence of the tunnels. And then you can hear a Palestinian say, well, that's all props that was planted. Yeah, yeah. I, you yeah. know, there's no but, baseline anymore. There's no baseline. No, there's you no know, it's it, this. Now, you're you're a, you're a psychotherapist. You, you can probably talk about this for hours. But <laughs> I, I want to come back. Let's come back to our fellow tribesmen here. Yeah, I read I read a book. Years ago, maybe 10 years ago, Norman Pedoritz, who, of course, was a unicorn. He was one of the only Jewish conservatives around. He, he created Commentary Magazine and uh, was very popular with Jews, even though it was conser uh, conservative leaning. It was very popular. But this was a time when people were more reasonable. He wrote a book. I don't know if you've ever come across it called Why Are Jews Liberals? Hmm. And uh, amidst all this evidence, it's still baffles the mind. It, it, it boggles the mind. There's the old joke. I, I can't remember who told, I have it here somewhere. It's uh, Jews earn like Episcopalians and vote like Puerto Ricans. That's the old joke. Hmm. Now, now here's the thing. I tried to, to, I tried to convince my fellow Jews that the party, the, the JFK party, the, that party is gone. I would even argue that the Bill Clinton 1992 party is gone. Uh, and the Republican Party of James Baker and uh, I don't know, you know, whoever from 50 years ago is gone. 
Who is your real friend now? Who is your real friend? Has Gavin Newsom, uh, has, has he repudiated everything that the squad has said? Have our fellow Jews even noticed that all the leading anti-Semites are in the Democratic Party? The most vocal anti-Semites and anti-Israel people are in the Democratic Party. So give me your thoughts on Jexit. I don't know if the Jewish people will wake up in this country. I do know that I meet a lot of Israelis who come to this country and tell me that they don't think that American Jews get it. Your thoughts. So there's a conundrum. There's a problem with uh, Jewish liberals that they are facing. When the events that started in October 7th happened, a lot of them especially on the left, Noah Tishby, Mein Bialik, came out and said, I don't understand the silence. I don't understand. I, I watched, I marched with BLM. I marched with LGBT. Yep. Where are my friends? Where are my friends standing up for this brutality and intolerance of what's happening to my people? And that many of us conservatives have been seeing this for years. I mean, it was no, no uh, secret that BLM was always anti-Israel and pro-Palestinian and and all of that and against institution. This is the problem though, because a lot of people today would say, I absolutely, my eyes are awake. I stand with Israel. It is not okay. What's happening. Rashida Tlaib has to go. However, the mainstream media has done such a good job of vilifying anybody who supports Trump as racist, as domestic terrorists, that even if it's true, even if the Democrat Party has been hijacked, it's clearly imbalanced. It's doing the bidding of a progressive agenda, which is very anti-Israel. It's socialist. It's anti-America. They cannot reconcile voting for a man who said, grab them by the pee. This is the hill that they die on. Well, you know, you've got a point. Now, look, you know, his, Trump's personality, it sucks. But... He's right about a few things, and I'll name them. He was right about the border, okay? He was right about energy policy. He was right about Israel. I, I can name a couple other things. Trump's position, and he is right, and every Jew in America should accept this. The Palestinian centrality theory, as Bibi Netanyahu puts it, is absolutely backwards. The idea that we cannot solve anything in the Middle East without solving the Palestinian issue is ridiculous. And Trump told the Palestinians, as long as you don't accept Israel's right to exist, we don't have anything to talk about. He was right. Biden is wrong. Obama was wrong. All of them have been wrong. Trump was right because he says, I'm going to, to strike peace deals with these four Arab countries, Morocco, Arab Emirates, et cetera, and, and by the way, we're headed to one with Saudi Arabia, because what I want to do, and Trump is right, is isolate the radical Islamist virus in Iran and in Yemen and in the Palestinian territories, et cetera. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to get all the Arabs who are willing to just acknowledge that the Jews have a right to their little sliver of land and I'm going to isolate the virus, and we'll deal with the virus later. He had it right. Of course he did. So, we would never sorry. be in this mess if he was still I'm, in I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's right. Yeah. 
but again, when you're talking to people who who have been brainwashed to just literally, they still have Trump deranged syndrome. The cognitive dissonance is so grand that to give Trump the credit that he deserves would mean, you know, a shaking of their foundation. Because if he was right about this, what else has he been right about? What, which means what have I been wrong about? And that's the problem. (laughs) That's the problem. People have, are not willing to pull back the lens. You know, actually, there are some great people who are doing podcasts. I forgot the guy's name, but the one who does all, all in pod, he has a, you know, a great panel of former liberals who are like, you know what, Trump, Trump had it right. And they, they started to say, you know what, I was wrong. I, I mischaracterized him. I, I didn't see the forest for the trees. But in general, a lot of people want to save face. Um, they, they are it's hard for them to say anything positive about Trump's accomplishments. Um, it's funny how, you know, I talked to some, you know, I listened to some, I don't understand who in this earth still supports Biden, but there are some. And I asked them why. And, and they would say things like, he's just, he's just nicer. He's more of a grandpa. And that I like that better. And they are so, misguided by, you know, an old, you know, an old man who could properly, you know, who reads lines that is given to him. They are so guided by personality over policy. It should be the reverse. And the reason why we had four years of peace with Trump was because Trump, you know, he he came from the outside. He wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. He understood solutions from a business perspective, from a capitalist perspective, from a leadership perspective. Peace through strength, war through weakness. Since we've had Biden, the disaster of Afghanistan, the disaster of the wall, the disaster of our energy dependence, the disaster of our inflation, the fentanyl crisis. But I guess it doesn't matter because he speaks more calmly and more nicely. So I guess that counts more. And and it's very hard for people to overcome their their team mentality. I'm a Democrat. I always vote for Democrat. And, you know, it's it's I I just don't know what it takes to shake people out of that. And I'm going to be blunt, burning babies, raping their mothers, killing their mothers, beheading their fathers, dragging the bodies through Gaza. If, if 9-11 didn't wake you up, then how do, will this wake you up? Let's zero in for a minute on this topic. I believe that the Western man and woman, they, they want to equivocate. They want a reasonable, they want to rationalize. They, the, the Western man and woman cannot conceive of what radical Islam wants, even when radical Islam tells you what it wants. The Muslim Brotherhood, people laugh if I bring up the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood had said since 1928, Hassan al they've said they want to caliphate all over the world. They're willing to wait hundreds of years for it. The Western mm-hmm. man, tut, 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 tut to everything. The Western man blames himself for 9-11. The Western man and woman, they, they don't get what it means when someone sets infants on fire. They don't get why Hamas uses human shields. They want to maximize Palestinian death. Yeah. They don't, they can't get it's, this. It's evil wrapped in a nice sounding sandwich. The latest thing is... Um, 
Osama bin Laden's letter to America is now right. going viral, well and it's all right. over TikTok. And all the yeah, the kids are impressed yeah. with all this. the kids yeah. are like, "Wow, yeah. great!" He That's had great. some points, you know. So, you know, I told Dennis Prager this analogy, and he loved it. I said, "You know, Dennis, I feel like America is like this large, beautiful sequoia tree, majestic tree that has weathered all storms, largest tree, largest trees in the world, um, admirable, strong." But what can make a sequoia fall? Tiny, tiny termites from within that start to eat at the foundation. Tiny termites this size. And that is what's happening to America. It's not any outside forces. It's the poison from within of anti-America. Um, I don't think anything will unite us. 9-11 united us. I don't even think a... A terrorist attack today would unite us. I think I think you'd have shirts that says "Dictators' Lives Matter." <laughs> I I think yeah, we, or it's our fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know, under you know, understand their pain. You know, you know, yeah. yeah. There's a line. Let me tell you. There's a line in the book "Terror and Liberalism" by Paul Berman mm-hmm. that came out in 2003. It was after 9/11, and he 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 talks about the the. You just have to pardon my French. He talks about the bullshit that Noam Chomsky represents. Mm-hmm. And, and they have drilled that crap into our kids' heads. Oh, it's American corporate this, and it's American foreign policy that. Toxic blah, mess. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. They're telling you. He goes, by the way, Chomsky went to visit Hezbollah in 2006, right before they, they attacked Israel. And the, the radical Islamists, they, they put it on a piece of paper. They go, we want a caliphate. Mm-hmm. And they, they guess what we want. They have a constitution that says we want to kill all the Jews. In, in, uh, in, so it's in, in the Hamas charter. I mean, it's not okay. hidden. Okay, so now you give me pr- – now we're going to play a game. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to score it home. And next November, I'm going to call you. Here <laughs> it is. Daniela says and Josh says, here are our predictions. Mm-hmm. If – let's say – let's take the number – 80% of Jews voted for the Democratic Party last mm-hmm. time. Let's take that number. Okay. What percentage of the Jews vote against the Democrats in 24? Well, I think RFK has also been a game changer. But let's let's throw yeah. them all in there. Who, who votes against the Democratic Party in 24? How many? I'm going to throw out a number. I'll say the Jewish number goes up to 10%. I'll say 70% of Jews, even after these massacres, lie to themselves and vote for people who hate us. To me, well, that's in the Democratic Party. I hope Party. it's not that What's high. Your What's your number? I hope, I What's hope, your number? I hope, I hope it goes Give down to 50. 50. You're going 50? Yeah, because there's if, a lot of Israel Democrat. Yeah. If, if the Jewish vote goes to only 50% Democrat, yeah. I'm taking you out to dinner. Yeah. It's 50% Daniel. I, I, because right. I'm not talking about the youth. I'm talking about the older generations. Yeah. They'll come but out. Have, yeah. And they, they'll come out. The Democrats, right. the older generation Democrats will come out. All right. I got it. I got it right here. I got the numbers okay. right here. Okay. So we'll talk. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk in November. All right. Well, look, uh, uh, Daniela, if I, I can't let you go without talking uh, a little bit about your work uh, as a, uh, if I get you straight. Uh, as a family therapist, as a as a marriage counselor, singles counselor, you, relationships counselor, am I am I yeah. correct about yeah. this? Okay, so tell me, 
I'll share this with the general public because I'm I'm you might have to put me under observation. Like you might have to have a team of psychotherapists. <laughs> um, I, I'm i actually happy to report this, but uh, my my wife and I, we divorced in 2015. Mm-hmm. We reconciled in 2019. Wow. How many people come to your practice who have actually reconciled? It's beautiful. How many do you get? Well, I, um, you know, I, I, I haven't. The niche that I do, I work a lot with singles and okay. um, couples who are on the brink of going left or right. Right. And um, I think it's a beautiful thing when you can reconcile it because the relationship that you have now the second time around is far, far deeper. And I, I'm one of those therapists who says things like infidelity are not, don't have to be deal breakers. Sometimes both partners need to have wake up calls because that old marriage is not working. It's the death of that way of connection because we marry our unfinished business and it's going to come out now or it's going to come out later, but it's going to come out and you can choose to let that break you or make you stronger because your partner is going to trigger you, but they can also help you heal. And a lot, I think a lot of couples today are not, don't have the tools uh, and don't have the certain mentality that our parents did to navigate the storms when they get rocky. I think it's very easy to uh, say it's not working. It's all your fault. I deserve to be happy because that's the mentality of everybody else. I mean, being divorced today is not a stigma at all. Um, But I also think because, you know, in the past, our, you know, my parents are, you know, together 50 years. And I think, I don't know if their marriage would survive in today's world because I think they would have so many people in their ears and when the going got tough and they were facing a challenge and they came from different cultures, my dad's Israeli, my mom's American, they would just empower the person suffering and say, you don't need to take this, you know? Um, That's why I'm very much an old school psychotherapist. But the truth is, it is not easy to be married to the same person. You know, the Talmud compares it to the miracle comparable to the parting of the Red Sea. But if you can see the overall picture, like I'm mad at you, you're mad at me, I'm hurt, but we love each other. We're on the same team. And you keep adjusting to what comes to you. You know, when you have curveballs with children and health and jobs, you got to navigate that. So your relationship when you first started out might have completely different needs and wants than 10 years from now and then 10 years from now. So you have to adjust. You cannot have the same expectations when you first met. So the couples that last today are the couples who can be flexible, who can have grace. And that's not easy to do in a me generation. Indeed. And I'll, I'll tell you just public service announcement. In, in my case, it wasn't even a matter of infidelity on either side. Uh, we just, we, but uh, the happy ending is, or the happy continuance is that we, we treat each other now better than we ever did. Um, exactly. But it was, it was still kind of stunning, stunning yes. to me that that, that ever happened. Okay. Yeah. DaniellaBloom.com. You need to go there immediately and uh, be on the lookout for Daniela in, in, uh, in, 
any number of places as a keynote speaker or uh, in whatever media yeah, she's doing. I, I do have a book coming out. Oh, and she does have, oh, yeah, yeah, please. You have a children's book you should talk about real quick. Yes. And then tell me about your book coming up. Yes, I have a children's series called Under the Tree, and it's for um, it's a children's series, but it's meant to be written read with adults. As each each of its books embodies a a universal life lesson, a Judeo Christian life lesson that we all need to be reminded of, and they're multi award winning, they're best selling. But my new book, I think, is probably my my greatest work contributing to this world. It's called The World Where I Belong, and it's about a boy who's disenchanted with his current current world he just is annoyed by everyone and everything and he wants to find a better world and so that his magical tree takes him on this metaphoric adventure and uh he first thinks he wants to be left alone with no responsibility so he has some great fun in the land of me and and it's great until it's not because there's no checks and balances there's no privacy there's so much noise everyone's stealing his stuff and so he goes back to Trini and says, I need something different. He's like, well, what do you think you need? He's like, I just want peace and quiet. I want predictability. I want to be left alone. So where does Tree take him? To the land of we, right? Enter communism. Everything's great. He knows what he's going to eat, when he's going to sleep. He's contributing. He's productive. But then he wants to individualize. He wants to draw a picture. He might want to complain about his bosses. That's a no-no. So, you know, he decides that that's not the right world for him either. So where do we end up? It took me eight years to figure out the ending. In fact, when I wrote this book, I was still a liberal. I was still a, I voted for Obama twice. But once I became a conservative, the ending hit me like a lightning bolt. So he went from the land of me to the land of we. And the tree said, well, where, he said, tree, just take me where I belong. Where does tree take him? He takes him back to his own world, but he tells him the real name of his world, and it's called Land of Free. Because Land of Free is the best of the land of me and we. It's personal responsibility with guidelines and parameters. And when you have your free choice to keep mastering your own direction, which benefits you and the and the loved ones around you, that is freedom. And it's a fable, it's beautiful. It's written so engagingly, and there's a whole discussion section after and workbook. And, you know, it's, it's like a love letter to America and what, what our country has been founded on. There she is, Daniela Bloom. Daniela, thank you for joining me today. Yes. Uh, we'll be on the lookout for it. We'll when will that book be released? Probably, or is it out? Hopefully in time for the holidays. Okay. But just shoot me an All email right. if you guys want to get a, a pre-order. Daniela bloom.com go there and uh daniella uh thank you thank you thank you thank him too for watching all right yeah i will very good thank you daniella bye